0: I'm Carrie, and I am an alcoholic. Thank you so much for inviting me here tonight. This is kind of nice. There's a lot of sobriety in this room, so me and my 10 years is kind of like a little intimidated (laughs) uh, (laughs) because Dean back there is like, you know, there's a lot of sobriety in here. Don't get nervous. I'm like, I won't. I'm good. Thanks, guys. No. So like I said, my sobriety date is February 11th, 2013. Um, I was looking on my app and it's like 92,000 some odd hours and 3,800 and some odd days. And I'm like, shit, that's a long time between drinks for someone like me, you know, 10 years sounds one thing, but when you break down the hours and the days, you're like, that's a long time between drinks. And for someone like me, I couldn't stop. The minute I took a sip of alcohol, it was on you know I was a laugh of the party I was fun until I wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um I grew up my dad is a policeman my mom worked for a bank let's just say we were conservative you know Um, I had a family you know you don't screw with your family name you can do anything but you don't mess up your family name well you know everybody every family's got that one I told my brothers, I took it, you know, I'm the one, I took one for the team, for our family. So, because both my brothers are cops too, and so is my daughter. So, when all that comes, you know, just a little bit, you'll see why this is so crazy. Um, So, my parents grew up in a normal family, two brothers. I was the oldest. I was the only girl, the oldest, and a cop's daughter. So, and I had 75 dads looking at me all the time because we lived in the town where my dad was a cop in. So let's put it this way. I didn't get away with crap. I still don't get away with anything because anything I do, I'm one of those ones that gets caught all the time, no matter how, I'm not even smart enough to be a criminal or anything like that because I can't remember, I can't do it. I'm just not wired that way. I'm more of the straight and narrow type rule follower Um, normal childhood, high school was great. Junior high was great. Um, college, you know, that's kind of when things kicked off. I moved out when I was just after I turned 18 or 19. I was my first year of college living in an apartment with two other girls party on, you know, when you're coming from a very um, held down, you know, my dad, I wasn't allowed to go to the mall unless I had a reason. So I learned very early how to, all my friends had cousins that had birthdays or their aunts had a birthday. That's what I, you know, and that was just for me to go to the mall and do normal stuff, you know. But that's just how I was very, I was brought up very strict. Um, college came around, living in my own apartment. I was a cheerleader. I was on homecoming, you know, all the fun stuff. But you know what? Even during all of that, I never truly felt a part of. I was not good enough. I wasn't, there. so I always cheat, you know, went to go be the biggest, baddest, best, you know, because I just never felt like I fit in. Even though I was, you know, popular, you know, whatever, you know, what it's called, I still didn't feel that I was in the group. And I've always felt that way, no matter what, even even when I was a younger in, in junior high and stuff and, and, high, and high school. But so college was fun. Um, I majored in cheerleading. <laughs> Classes kind of fell by the wayside, you know, we had the best parties at, before the games and we had the best parties after the games. I'm sorry. Um, And it was fun. It was fun back then. Um, I got married. I had three kids. I had a cheating husband, a lying cheating husband. And um, my mother-in-law told me, just get used to it, because his dad did it too, and it's hereditary. (laughs) That didn't work for me. Um, With his out and doing what he was doing, I'm home alone with three kids. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom. And boy, let me tell you, you can get that drink on real good, you know, when you're home by yourself. And you know that your husband's not going to be home till 10, 30, 11, 11:30 30 at night or even later if he comes home, you know. So that was kind of an open pass for me. Um, ended up divorcing him, of course, and went through one hell of a custody battle. I mean, like, horrendous. Um, that damn near killed me that damn near killed me. Now, mind you, I was still drinking at this, I was drinking and you know, one of these start, stop, stop, starts. And, but most I can, I can basically say I was drinking this whole time. So when we went through this nasty custody battle and he kept pulling his stuff and I'm drinking at the time and you know, probably not thinking too straight. Um, um, It got to a point where i didn't see my kids for almost a year and a half and they were young if anyone would have told me that i chose alcohol over my kids i would say you're a full-on blown out liar i will always choose my children first before i choose alcohol well I, i can say that and in my heart i truly believe that but um not my actions not my actions so Went through that, that was fun. Had another child, so I have four children. They're all grown. Um, My alcoholism really, again, I don't get away with anything. I I just led a shitty life. I was never happy. Um, Cried all the time, cried all the time. Um, Nothing ever filled that hole and alcohol did. It didn't fill the hole, but it made the hole go away. It made the hole go away. And the more I drank, the bigger the hole got and I didn't understand that. Well, I ended up getting sober. I had nine years of sobriety, but I got too big, too busy, made too much money. running, 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 didn't have time for meetings. So, when the shit hit the fan, um, I had no defense. Zero. Zero. Now, mind you, I hadn't gone to a meeting for like seven years, <laughs> you know. and Obviously, didn't work any steps or anything like that. So, in that time, I drank for a year and a half, a year and a half after my when I started drinking again, and in that year and a half, I completely imploded my life. Um, a big major thing happened in our life, and that's what I started drinking because I thought wine would calm me down. I think wine is a gateway drug. You know, my my famous saying is, you know, God willing, and the wine don't rise you know because that's the one that that's the one that will get me and you know it's not like it's stay, it's just i had zero defense i did some pretty crazy things um i lived in kingman at the time i moved out to cottonwood and gee, i was there a month and a half without my daughter um, cause I moved down to Cottonwood first and I was going to bring, it was during the summer and she stayed up there until I got everything settled and I got a DUI up in Flagstaff. Um, kind of kept that hidden for a little while. And then, um, I knew, I, I knew once I started drinking again, that gulp of guilt just killed me. Uh, Every time I drank, I knew I was an alcoholic. I knew this was bad. I knew what was going to happen, and I could not, not drink. Could not, not drink. Um, When I got my first DUI, like I said, I was living in Cottonwood. Kind of kept it under wraps from my family and stuff like that well one daughter is a fucking investigator and she found out (laughs) oh god bless her i'll tell you she can find anything (laughs) and um now mind you you know my parents my parents are very very good my parents were always my cheerleaders my parents always stood behind me my parents you know what the hell are you doing type thing So after I got my first DUI, I thought I'd calm down a little bit. You know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. So in between that first one and the second one, I still drove. I had a suspended license and I still drove. Was I still drinking and driving? Uh I drink at home. I'm not a bar drinker. I'm a drink at home girl. But as soon as I get drunk, I feel the need to get somewhere and go. Where do we want to go? I have no clue, you know. I didn't really run the bars much, you know. I went there when I was bored or lonely. But I didn't, I, I kept some of my dignity. I put, you know, I, I wasn't a bar drinker. I was a closet drinker. You know, um, I was the one that marked the bottles because I didn't want to go too far. I hid them from my daughter. Teenagers, "Mm, let me tell you, if you need to hide a bottle, don't do it in your closet because they'll go through that. She found everyone except the one I hid in the vacuum bag. Because what damn teenager is going to vacuum? Go grab that vacuum. Not one. So if you unzip the bag where the bag goes in and you put that bottle in there, it sits up nice and straight. She never found that one. (laughs) <laughs> no, that big pride and joy. That's my big to pain. She didn't find that one. Oh, good God. So my daughter's in high school. She's 17. She's a junior in high school. She's out in Cottonwood with me. I'm drinking on Sundays because she worked on Sundays. And I'd go pick her up just shit face. You know, try and mark the bottle so I didn't get too bad before I had to go pick her up. But she knew every time. You know, I'm, a, I'm just a dead giveaway. I might as well just put it across my forehead. And um, she was getting tired of it. You know, we were fighting a lot over this. I mean, a lot. If you don't stop drinking, I'm going to leave. Um, I don't like you. I don't want to live here. Um, I don't want to live with you. You don't have a freaking choice, you know, type stuff like that. Well, uh, it didn't take long for my first DUI. In between my first, and I got a second one, exactly six months to the day for my first one. I got my first one January 30th, and I got my second one June 30th. And the best thing is my second one, I was on my way to court to fix the first one, (laughs) drinking on the way up. called the court and told them I had a flat tire, on the way up, because I had to go all the way up to Flagstaff. Oh, are you okay? Do you need help on the side of the road? No, I'm good. I'm I'm waiting for a tow truck. I just wanted to call and be responsible and not miss my court date, because I'm too drunk to show up. (laughs) So uh, I had uh, just cashed a paycheck. I was selling cars at the time. Hated that. Um... (laughs) cashed my paycheck and I had a bunch of cash in my pocket, in my purse, like several thousand. And in my smart brain and my quick thinking drunk decided I was going to go have my ex-husband killed. And I was driving to Desert Hot Springs to go find somebody that I have not seen in 30 years um, to make this happen. Now, I have an uncle that was a Vago at the time, and I don't know if you know about them, but they're not good people, um, who was the president of California. So mind you, I can make a phone call and make this happen real quick and make it real easy, but I didn't want to get caught. And I thought there'd be a connection there. So it was much better driving shit-faced drunk along the 40 through Sligman at 108 miles an hour with a beer between my legs. Um, Wasn't a great idea. Now, mind you, when I grew up, I told you my dad was a policeman. My dad always had a beer between his legs. That's the way I was raised. I mean, it just, you know, he had a badge you know the master badge um so that's something i grew up It just it was i'm not saying it was normal i knew it wasn't right but it was it wasn't accepted but i didn't even have the damn master badge with me i got pulled over in Sligman, 108 miles an hour because i was blowing up the engine on my car because i can only drive 35 in in, in cottonwood that was my excuse um got pulled over Now, what do you know? They took me to jail. Now, mind you, I went to jail in Sligman. If you've ever been to that jail, they need to have a historical marker on that because that's one of them old, old jails with the old doors that... And the rocks. The jail is made out of rocks. It's old. It's old. And I'm thinking, how the hell did I get here? Now, mind you, I just found out that I am on a suspended license getting a DUI, and that was going to, that made me aggravated, which is a felony. Um, so my, mind you, my, whole, my daughter this whole time is still threatening to move out. If you don't quit drinking, I'm going to move out. I'm going to move out. And uh, she did. She moved out. I could not stop drinking enough to keep my daughter home with me. And my dad would call and say, what the fuck are you doing? I said, dad, I can't stop. I cannot stop. And he was like, okay, we have have a problem. Oh, no shit. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, I got a DUI. And by the way, it's a felony. And by the way, you know, and my dad was totally with me the whole time. I couldn't talk to my mom because she would just ask a million questions. Well, what are they going to do? Whatever. Are you going to have to go to jail? How long do you have to go to jail for? Are you going to go in prison? Ah, shut up, mom. I could talk to my dad. And I'll tell you what, it was my dad who got me through all that. I, um, <laughs> when I got pulled over, they took my car to car jail in Ash Fork. I live in Cottonwood. I'm working for a car dealer. I'm still drinking. So I decided to go grab one of, the, get one of their cars to go get my shit out of my car in Ash Fork. Now this was smart thinking because I had to figure out something to go get my stuff because my favorite goddamn cowboy boots are in my per- in my car in Ash Fork. So I borrowed a Chrysler 300, all-wheel drive, <laughs> vanilla, sunroof. I took, the, I took a good one. And I drove to Ash Fork in that car. Picked up my stuff came home the back ways because I've got a dealer plate on. On my day off. And they don't even know I took the car. <laughs> and um, coming up over the mountain throwing beer cans out the sunroof. Now, I just got popped. I just had to go rescue my stuff from car jail. And I'm throwing beer cans out the roof because I didn't want to get caught with another beer can in the car because I already did that, and that didn't work out so good. And I have no idea what's going down yet with that, but I just knew it was going to be bad. Two DUIs in six months is not a great place to be. And let me tell you, my insides were torn apart. I mean, it sounds really shitty, but I'm going to say it anyways. Girls like me don't, this doesn't happen to, you know, mom and dad are cops, we're conservatives, you know, this, we go to grandma's house on Sundays for for dinner, and I'm looking at prison. Now, it took me, I did get sober, I got arrested January 30th, but my sober date is not till February 13th, February 11th. 11th. So that was in that span of the two weeks. My daughter moved out. I'd taken a car and did that. My daughter moved out and said, I don't want anything to do with you. Lou, do not get a hold of me until you get your life together. My other daughter, lose my fucking number until you get your shit together, mom. I don't even want you seeing the kids, my kids, my grandchildren. My other, my son, Mom, I want nothing to do with you. And my oldest daughter, shit, we hadn't talked in years, so that wasn't even a concern, you know? Because she was still pretty pissed off from when I dumped her ass and, you know, when she was a kid from my drinking. And when I left them. So when my daughter moves out and moves in with a friend, She's a senior in high school. Little shit's 18 though. So there's not a damn thing I can do. And truthfully, would I want to keep her and just, you know, she would have gone. It could have gone so many other ways. I drug my little sorry ass into a meeting in Cottonwood. I had a black hat on black cat baseball hat and I'm not a baseball hat wearing type of girl. I had a baseball hat on, pulled down super low. And I sat at the end of the table and cried and cried the only thing i heard my first night was the promises the only thing i could comprehend and hear was the promises and that is still my favorite reading to this day because it actually gave me a little bit i mean (laughs) hope now mind you i am you know i've had i have to the second DUI, I had to pack up my house that I was renting, pack up my house, put it in storage, get my daughter situated with someone, because I found out I had to go to prison for four months. 121 days is the sentence. State gets paid after 120. I'm just saying it's a coincidence, but it's 121 days straight. You don't get any, you're, you're done for 121 days. I was out here at Perryville. Girls like me don't go to prison, <laughs> you know, with my family. I had to ask my mom and dad if it's okay if I wrote them, because I didn't want them getting mail. They were living in a motorhome in, in Vegas at the time. I didn't want to embarrass them in getting mail from Department of Corrections, Perryville, you know, that was, and my dad's like, of course you can, you know, of course. My dad passed away about four years ago, and we've been going through his stuff, and I'm like, look, mom, here's the card I sent you for Mother's Day from prison. It cost me two Top Ramen's. Look, dad, look, mom, here's dad's Christmas, Father's Day card I sent him from prison. That cost me two Top Ramen's, you know, And we just went through this, like, just not too long ago, last month. So I had to go to prison, and that was shocking, absolutely shocking to me. Um, I went in with 40 days sobriety, 40 days sober. I went in on April Fool's. If that's not, that ain't a god bitch slap. I don't know what is. My court date was seriously on April Fool's Day, and I had to go into prison on April Fool's. Uh, Fell on the court step, fell on the steps on the way up to court. My uh, sponsor, she's one of the, she loves the crystals. She has, you know, higher press, but she believes in the crystals and the spiritual. In the spiritual world, that means, because I thought I broke my toe. You don't want to move forward. Well, no shit, I don't want to move forward. I don't want to go up those steps and go out that back door. No shit, I don't want to go forward. But we're going to do it anyways, you know. I spent four months there. Now, mind you, you know when we're drinking, we have all these grandiose ideas. Oh, on my 50th birthday, I'm having a party. I'm going to get a bunch of friends, and I'm going to celebrate my 50th birthday. Well, I did in prison. I got out the day after. Uh, (laughs) I spent it with 125 people in orange. That's how I spent my 50th birthday. So I did have a big party. Just wasn't expecting those guests. (sighs) You know, and my mom and dad were there at the gate to pick me up. Before I went in, I did my steps. And I made my first amends to my daughter. Now mind you, when I made the men's, now this is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday was the day before April Fools that year. And we had a big potluck thing at the, at the club and my daughter come down and I wanted to do an men's before I went, you know, somewhat of one. And I did it at the club because I figured if I fuck it up, there's enough people there to help me pull myself back out, you know, because I was so afraid. You know, with doing the steps, I learned, you know, what my, what my character defects are and what my, what my big character defects and faults are today. So did the amends, got out of prison, and you know what? I just jumped into the club. Now, mind you, I had to do a whole bunch of crap. They had me jumping through hoops like crazy, you know? Go to the DUI court and go to this counseling and this counseling and this counseling and boy isn't drug court helping you and no and I was not the smartest one so I told the judge that drug court is great no it's my participation in AA that's kept that's keeping me sober well after several run-ins with that judge, you know, because he kept saying, no, it's pro- no, it's not your program. You make me sit here for three hours before you even come out. I'm missing work. You know, you have me going to all these things, and we're truly what really works for me is my AA. But so I went to drug court. I got thrown out nine days before I graduated because I was told the judge that... Um, Drug court was not what kept me sober. It was my participation in AA. I didn't appreciate sitting in the courtroom for three hours while they delayed court, but yet we got, if we walked in one minute late, we were in trouble, but they can sit us there for three hours. And uh, I mean, there was a couple things that were screwed up, but I'm living an honest program. So I told him my honest opinion. Well, I won't do that again. They put me on this super ass stupid probation where you can't leave your house without having, you know, without a time and all this bull crap. So I did it. You know, I had no choice. I fought. Believe me, I fought. And I was pissed off the whole time. You know, but it was somebody in this, in, in the rooms that showed me. Because I went around for like three weeks just spitting fire, spitting fire. And it was someone in this room said, you know what? You, we need to look at this. Why are you thrown out of drug court and had to break it down? Well, because he did this and this judge and this guy and this guy. No, it was because of me, me and my damn mouth. And I swear to God, it's been 10 years and I still haven't fixed this thing. I'm trying, but it's, it's, uh. So, working the program, like I said, I just jumped in we went to a meeting, we lived, I mean, you could hit a golf ball and hit the hit the club you know get off work at five. the meeting was at five thirty we went I went several times a day when I could went every day we really got into the program there really deep and were very highly vested. The kids they came back you know it wasn't quick, it wasn't fast at all, <laughs> you know. But I did the work. I did what it took, you know. But I only learned that in this program, what the next right step is, even if it doesn't feel right. I fully believe when sponsors, you know, suggest something, I call them just fucking do them. Because you know what? I tried doing it myself, and it didn't work out right. I don't care. I didn't care if I didn't agree at that point because I was so afraid of making another wrong decision that I couldn't make a damn decision at all. You know, it was to the point where I'm asking my sponsor, just stupid thing, you know. I just don't know what to do, because I got so full of fear. You know, fear is still my, god dang, it's my enemy. It's my crux. No matter what I do, if I really sit and break it all the way down, just like we learn in the steps to do, it always comes back to fear for me. And I don't, you know, I'm figuring out why, but I don't know yet. But I I break it all the way down. But this program has taught me how to stay sober, how to be part of, how to feel connected You know, I did all my my steps, and, and you know, no one likes the ninth. Nobody likes it, but you know what? I knew I had to do it, and I had a boss in Cottonwood. I've been fired more times in sobriety than I have drinking. That's not something I'm proud of. Jesus, crime it just happened a couple weeks ago again, you know? It's not really, I don't know, like, okay, there's always a circumstance around it. But, you know, I don't know why I keep picking the same thing, you know, doing the same thing. It just seems to be very repetitious at this point. But this program taught me. I guess I don't understand how I got to be this old and didn't know so many things. So many things that it would seem like to be so simple that we should, I should have known. But just, I just didn't. You know, and that's what this program has taught me, how to deal with stuff. And if I don't know, I can make a phone call. Make a phone call and just, you know, get the help I need. I'm not, I don't shy away from help. I will, I will seek it because I, this hurting inside sucks. You know, sometimes I remember why I drank. I just don't do it. You know, I still have the same feelings. I still have the same fears. I still have the same everything. It's just today, alcohol is just not an option. You know, I always say I've never been suicidal, but I sure the shit have been homicidal. And it seems to be I've been more homicidal in sobriety than I haven't been so- when I was drinking. <laughs> you know, When I said I went to go have my ex-husband killed, he deserved it. I mean, I didn't do it. He's alive. He's breathing. <laughs> and if he's not, it's not a liar kill. But you know what? I thought that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And God bless it if it's, you know, it, it didn't take 10 years to figure it out. It took about two, maybe three, that that DUI was the best thing that happened to me. Because that was God stopping me in my track saying, holy, you know, you need to stop now. This is your wake-up call. Because this is in the book. Some of us have to go down bludgeonly. That's me, because I don't learn the first time or the second. It takes me a couple times to figure it out. And when I do figure it out, it's usually better than the last time, but not quite, but just a little bit, and I'll take that progress. I am um, <sighs> I don't want to cry. Um with my children it was a long road. It was a really long road. A lot of heartache. And you know what? I just had to sit and just keep doing the next right thing with them the next right thing now mind you my oldest daughter the one I think has been affected most by my drinking and has she was the oldest um she I had to rescue her like a year ago and brought her to our home and that was just God's way of saying okay we're coming back and through this process we've been able to mend everything back all my kids I am their go-to now, which is kind of funny. I mean, it's not funny, but it's just, we were talking about it yesterday. i was saying, you know what? For my kids hating me as much as they did and told me to not talk to them and get out of their life to where I am their go-to now. I'm the one that they call when they have something. I am the one that they, you know, that's just the miracle of this program. That's not me. That's the miracle of this program. That's what this program's given me it's given me my children back. It's given me a life back. You know, it's not perfect. Geez, life still happens, but I don't drink over it today. I can't even imagine drinking again, just for the fact I don't want to go through what I've already been through. You know, do I have more work to do? Yes, I have a lot more work to do because you know what? When I left Cottonwood and we came here, I just haven't, God, dived in all the way yet, you know? And it's been five years. I don't know what the hell I'm waiting for. You know, this is that sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Boy, I'll tell you that part stands out in the book to me. Also, you know, in the, the wisdom to know the difference. What the hell is that? You know, is this a God thing? Is this my thought? Ah, I don't have that wisdom yet, but I'm still working on it. You know, I do know the difference between God's will and my will sometimes. Because God's will is usually a a lot softer than mine. You know, and today I, I try to stop and pause before I unleash the wrath of hell, you know, um, I'm doing better at that. I'm doing better. <laughs> That's all I can say. I am doing better. <laughs> but my face don't lie. My face tells a story that, you know, I can smile and say, fuck you at the same time. Cause just my face, you know, so I'm learning to control that still. But <laughs> this program has given me absolutely everything I've ever needed You know, today I'm a mom, I'm a grandma of 13, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, I'm all the things today that I wasn't 10 years ago when I was still drinking. And um, I kind of like this life, you know? These Cadillac problems I have are pretty much Cadillac problems. They're nothing like they were. I'm not having to clear out my house and find people in the program to help put that shit in a U-Haul, you know. And then, you know what, I got the people from moving out and moving my stuff back in. They were all people from AA. Rented a U-Haul, paid someone to drive it for me, because God knows I didn't have a license mm-hmm. for two years. And I had the, the little blow start thing for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, I did everything I was supposed to do. I jumped through all the hoops. Today, (laughs) I have a CDL. Uh, Exactly. That's what I said. I have a CDL. (laughs) I have no felony on my record. I can buy a gun. I can vote again. (laughs) And let me tell you, those years when I couldn't was pretty shitty because that was, you know, right that I lost, I lost. And that realization, you know, so as soon as I got my felony taken off, we went out and bought a gun (laughs) because I can, (laughs) because I can, you know, so I have everything, this program and everybody in these rooms, this room, that room, that room over there, that stinking one in cottonwood with the ugly walls, you know. You guys saved all my life. Very much so. And I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for these rooms. And the people that knew better than me, the ones that are willing to say, Hey, come here. You're freaking way out of line. Okay. You know, thank you. <laughs> You're doing this right. Oh, okay, thank you. You're looking good, yeah, I still feel like a hot mess, but okay, thank you, you know. And then when you get around the program, then you get to see people that their light comes on in their eyes, and I was, you know, that's when I see that they're getting it. And I always tell, oh God, I can see you're doing so good, you can see the light in your eyes, and I'm like, thank you, I'm a fucking mess. Yes, I know, I get it, I was too. But I got God back in my heart. My God, my higher power back in my heart. And when I stay close to him, things go so much better. It's when I stray, when I go away, when I put something else, when I get my ego or my everything, my me, just carry in the way is when shit goes wrong. And when I feel that I've been slighted or left out, or lied to, you know, that's when I get sideways. I get real sideways over it. And I'm trying to learn how to smooth it out. So I have a husband that's in the program, who's a lot more like this. And I'm much more of the roller coaster, you know, much more of the roller coaster. So I really wanna thank everybody for helping keep me sober. and and meeting the people in these rooms and in this town. Because I'll tell you what, you guys definitely have saved my ass more than, more than I can ever repay. You know, and by carrying the message, by being a part of this program, you know, I love when the newcomers come in. First thing I say is, holy shit, man, I'm glad I'm not them. You know, which is true because I know what the fight that they've got to go through, but I've also been to the other side and know what they get to, the benefits that they get to reap. And then I see people like Dean, who's got, I don't know, what, 48,000, 48,000 months. I don't know, we look at months, I was looking at I was like, so many months, I got 300 some so long months. He's like, I got 14,000 of shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But you know what that tells me? That tells me that it works, because shit if he can stay sober, all of us can, you know? <laughs> That's a fact, right? <laughs> so I just really want to thank you guys. I'm nervous, I mean, you know, but I never made a damn good decision drinking, and I've made some really bad decisions sober but you know what? There's so, still bad decisions are still better than my drunk decisions. You know, I figure if I wake up and I don't drink today, I'm already winning. I don't care if I tank everything. I'm still winning. That's what my sponsor told me and I still believe her. So, you know, I am, Would you know, I have this great audience with a lot of sobriety in this room. You know, I would like to have find a sponsor in this area and not keep going back to my old one, which really I haven't contacted because I do want to get back in. I want that happy joyous. I want that serenity back that I, you know, you know when you do everything right, when you do the praying in the morning and you do that and you're fresh in the program and you get all that and you feel good. And then you start getting a little bit of years and it starts slacking off a little bit. I need to get back into the, doing everything right, you know? So thank you again for letting me share. I'm glad to be here tonight. Thank you. Forgot I had this.